Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Rob. It's my pleasure to be giving the message this morning. So it's great to see all of you here and those of you joining us online this morning. Uh, I don't know about you, but as, the, as the, the lead-in video plays, I don't know what it says about my personality that I want that person just to tear that wrapping off. And it kills me to watch, but the, the horrible thing is I know that I'm probably that slow when I open the package. So I, I don't know what that says, but uh, just, just know if you're sitting there going, just open it. I feel the same way. So this week, we continue our, uh, our Advent season with another message with the unwrap theme, and I have the pleasure of sharing with you the message of unwrapping the joy. And, and I just want to tell you, I was so excited to know that that was the message that I was going to have an opportunity to give. Because first off, I love preaching the good news, and I especially love the scripture that we're using this morning that talks about uh, the story of the shepherds. And quite honestly, for me, the, the, the most exciting moment of the Christmas story for me is the announcement uh, to the shepherds. So I, I'm hoping that in the message this morning, uh, I can convey to you the reason that I am so passionate uh, about this, this component of Scripture and why I love the story so much as the shepherds are introduced to the birth of Jesus. So over the past couple of weeks, Pastor Ricky has been uh, preaching with you, unwrapping both promises and the power. And, and I'm hoping that those messages have spoken to your heart, that it has gotten you engaged here with the Advent season, and, and that uh, you have learned that God keeps his promises and have been reminded of that. And, and also that through the nature of unwrapping the power, uh, that there is power in the Holy Spirit, and that you sharing your story helps you to grab onto that power, and that you are empowered to do that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build on that today because I think there is importance uh, in the way that we take the time to share our story and to share the good news. Now, one of the things that I, I, I want to talk about today is the nature of what joy is. So as we talk about uh, joy to the world and what is joy, there, there is a, a point that I want to get across today, and that is that joy is not the same as happiness. Joy and happiness are, are actually two very different things. Joy is far bigger than happiness. Happiness can be found in a little package. Joy is a, a much larger thing. Now, joy does encapsulate a sense of happiness, but joy also includes the nature of hope. Joy is a, is a state of being. It, it's more than just a feeling. Now, now, the word of joy comes from the Greek word gaio, which means to rejoice. So it, it literally is an act. Now, also, the, the Bible places a high amount of significance in the realm of joy. And, and I found this, that there are 218 times in the NIV version of the Bible that the word joy appears. The English Standard Version of the Bible, the words joy, rejoice, or joyful appear 430 times. But when it comes to happy or happiness, there's only 10. That's how much different joy and happiness is. The Bible doesn't talk a lot about happiness, but it does talk about joy. Now, as I said, joy is a state of being whereas happiness is a feeling. Happiness comes and goes. Joy is lasting. 
Happiness is typically measured by the circumstances we're in or whatever we are facing. If our circumstances right now aren't good, typically speaking, we, we don't say we're happy. In the nature of, of COVID, I'm willing to say that most of us have not been approaching this season with a whole lot of happiness. But joy is different. As Christians, we need to understand that, that, that the gift of Christ is one that can't be taken away. And for that, we should be joyous. We have joy in our hearts because of the love and grace of Jesus Christ and the fact that he does live in our hearts. He is present and he is here. And he's been so since that moment that, that Jesus appeared in that manger. We can hold on to that joy. And that also means that we can find that joy even when our circumstances aren't what we'd want them to be. Even in those times that, that life isn't what we want it to be. Uh, so what happened when, when we received that gift? What did that look like? And what happened that, that led to the celebration of joy? So let's turn back the clock and let's go to the book of Luke. Chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And this is what we hear. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now this message came to the shepherds. And let me just say, the life of a shepherd was difficult. If you think about it, what did the shepherd do? Shepherds spent endless hours out in the fields with their animals, watching over their sheep and goats. Hours upon hours of time that were probably pretty boring for the most part. And then those hours would be broken by, by moments where they had to be extremely alert and deal with predators and deal with the threats uh, uh, to their animals. And then they'd have to figure out where they're going next and where the next fields were to graze. They were in the fields both day and night. And when the weather turned bad, they were there too. It's not like the shepherds could take any shelter from the storms. They needed to stay there with the animals. And, and in the midst of all that, they were totally isolated from society. It was just them and the animals, most of which of time they spent by themselves. If, there, if there's a group of people in the Bible that we could look at and say, if you measured their circumstances to, the, to their lives, they probably did not rank among the happiest people based on what they were going through. They lived a challenging and difficult life. They definitely had challenging circumstances. And I'm sure when the rain was coming down, they weren't like, woohoo, this is great stuff. And then the angels came. And the angels promised good news of great joy. 
Now, why I love this message so much is, is that the message to the shepherds was not just a message to them, it was a message to everyone. It was a message not just for the Jews, the entire world. And that's why I think this is such a great message of good news and why it was so important that it went first to the shepherds. The shepherds were the least of society. And God made sure that the, the shepherds were the first to get word. And, and there's, a, there's a lot of reasons for that, but, but I want you to think about that. He didn't start with the nobility. He didn't start with the religious leaders. He didn't start with the wealthy merchants. He he started at the bottom. And, and, and one of the reasons is, is that he wanted the message to get everywhere. He wanted to make sure that everybody recognized it was a, a message for everyone. And think about it. If he started at the top, was there any guarantee that that message was going to work its way all the way to the bottom? What are the chances that the kings and the nobility and the wealthy class would go out and find the shepherds and say, hey, shepherds, there's been good news. It's not how it works. But the shepherds, they would share the story. A savior, the Messiah, was coming for all people. Now, by the way, should we be surprised at this? Should we be surprised that this is the way that, that, that God would do his thing? Because really, how often, how often do we find that God does do the unexpected? But also, I think there's another important piece here that God demonstrates that he doesn't need human power to do the things that he does. He doesn't need authority. He doesn't need money. God has those things. So he can empower the shepherds to send a message that here, thousands of years later, we are still celebrating with joy. But it's more than that. It's a continued demonstration that God doesn't see the world the way we do. In Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 48, we come upon the disciples who were discussing about who is greatest. Then the disciples began arguing about which of them was greatest, but Jesus knew their thoughts, so he brought a little child to his side. Then he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my Father who sent me. Whoever is the least among you is the greatest. This is the way that God sees the world. It's very different than the way that we do. And honestly, we, we always want to hear good news, right? We love hearing good news, and we love good news at Christmas time. But the thing to remember is that joy is not just that good news, and it's not just circumstances. Joy becomes a way of life. The angels and their promise to the shepherds was that they would get and received joy. So, so what is joy exactly if it's not happiness? What is the joy, then, that we do sing about? Well, I, I went to a source to look for what is modern joy, and I found a definition from the American Psychological Association. This is joy. Joy, it is a noun. 
It is a feeling of extreme gladness, delight, or exaltation of the spirit arising from a sense of well-being or satisfaction. The feeling of joy may take two forms, passive and active. Passive joy involves tranquility and the feeling of contentment with things as they are. Active joy involves a desire to share one's feelings with others, and it's associated with more engagement of the environment than is passive joy. Now, for the shepherds who heard the good news and, 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 and experienced the message of the angels, they found passive joy. The news of a Savior for them was an answer to prayer. Uh, and you, you need to know, for, for the Jewish people, for 400 years, they were waiting in silence to hear new good news from God. And they had experienced persecution, they experienced war and poverty, and, and the, the prophets had promised them a Savior to deliver them. So for them, for the, the shepherds in the field to get this message, th this was an answer to prayer. This was that moment to take the time to enjoy that passive joy. Their prayers were answered. But here's the thing. The shepherds didn't stop there. The shepherds didn't just lay there in the fields enjoying what they had heard. You see, when we seek the Savior, we find joy. The shepherds went to find Jesus. Luke chapter 2 continues with verses 16 through 20. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem, let's see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now here's what I love. The shepherds took their passive joy and they turned it into active joy. They did something about it. Luke tells us that they hurried. They didn't just go. They hurried to see Jesus for themselves. And they told everyone what had happened and what the angel said. The APA continues in their definition of joy and says this, Active joy may be related to the intensity of the emotion, with active joy representing the more intense form. Both forms of joy are associated with an increase in energy and feelings of confidence and self-esteem. You see, we get a boost from active joy. Passive joy is nice, but active joy takes it to the next level. It takes us to a point where we experience not only the feeling, but a boost in self-esteem, a boost in energy. We get more out of it when we do something with it. And that's what the shepherds did. And we do this. 
This is something that we do naturally. What do we do in our lives when something really big happens? We tell everybody. As a matter of fact, if you think about it, in in modern society, we've blown this up even more. We used to celebrate the wedding. Now we celebrate the engagement and the wedding. We even have a save the date card to save the date. And I'm, I'm imagining soon we're going to have a save the date for the save the date card. <laughs> we take pictures of the engagement, and I've even seen people share the people taking the pictures, taking the pictures of the engagement. And why is that? It's because we want to share good news. We want people to be part of it. We celebrate the births of children. We we celebrate graduations and new homes. And we share those things. And by the way, where do we do that a lot of? We do it on social media. And with all the negativity on social media, people say to me, why do you still spend time there? And and for many of us, the reason is we want to share in the good news. You look forward to it. I know those of you who participate in social media look forward to seeing the good stuff that people are posting. And I could tell because you could see it in the likes. By the way, it, it doesn't stop there. For big events, we celebrate them over and over again. And dare I say that we rejoice them. Birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas. We do these things annually to remind ourselves to continue to celebrate these events. That's why we celebrate birthdays. That's why we celebrate anniversaries. We want to continue to celebrate the joyous events in our lives. And every year we celebrate Christmas to remind us of the joy that we can share with others about the birth of Jesus. It's part of who we are. So when we discover Jesus, we need to be like the shepherds too. We are also commanded to share the good news. And we are to take that joy that we have, the joy of Jesus, and make it more active and less passive joy. When Jesus returned following his crucifixion, he offered us the great commission in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's good news. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, And then he told him, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. Again, we are commanded to go. And in Psalm 96, verses 2 through 4, the psalmist says, Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations and tell everyone about the amazing things he has done. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. You see, we're to be like the shepherds, and we are to go tell everyone. And we've become bad at that. 
if there's something that I need to work on, and I need to work on personally, it's having the courage of the shepherds to go share the good news. If there has been a war on Christmas, it's not others denying us the ability of saying Merry Christmas. It's our own fears of being judged. And, and think about this. The shepherds went out and they told everybody. Imagine the lowest of society telling angels appeared from the sky and told us of the birth of a Savior in a manger. People would have looked at them like they were crazy. The word in the Bible is they were astonished. Astonished throws in a, a bit of questioning to it. Really? Shepherds? Yet for many of us, we have things in our lives that we can share that are good news. And when I think about the passage and I think about what the shepherds did, I do ask myself, could I do the same? But the truth is, I should. And if I could also, for just for a moment, say something that I think speaks volumes, and that is the comment about Mary. Mary, who's experiencing all this, she's a, a young mother and is taking all this in. I remember as a new dad, my experience and what I felt. I, I, and I think of my feelings of joy at that moment. I, I just, it just touches me when I think about the nature of everything that Mary experienced and, and what she could sense. So, so what about happiness? Well, happiness isn't guaranteed. You know, the shepherds were still shepherds. That didn't change. The day before the angel came, they were shepherds. The day after the angel came, they were still shepherds. Their lives were going to be the same from a, a functional standpoint. But here's the thing. They had good news. And we need to think about that in our own lives. Um, I have a difficult time with people who preach the prosperity gospel or the idea that just because you become a Christian that your life is going to be comfortable and that we will have good things just because we believe in Jesus. Because the truth is, is that Christ's birth did not solve all the problems that we would have in our lives. There are many Christians right now who are hurting. There are Christians in this world who are hungry. There are Christians right now who are lonely. And those who are in this Christmas season are having a difficult time. But, but what we need to remember is, is that even in those trials where, where happiness is hard to come by, we can experience joy because we don't go through those things alone. Jesus is always there for us. Even in the midst of our trials, God came down from heaven to be with us. We need to remember that God came to provide good news to the poor, to proclaim that the captives would be released, that the blind would see, and the oppressed will be set free. And the time of the Lord's favor had come because Jesus had come. The birth of a Savior, one who would restore our relationship with God, a Messiah. That's good news. So what do we do? What are our next steps then? Well, listen, you don't need to have an angel of the Lord appear to speak over your head and to, to wake you from your sleep to know that there is good news to be shared. Jesus has come. He changes lives. He loves each of us. So don't just sit there and enjoy the passive joy of the season. Go out and, and share the good news. Get in the game. Go tell it on the mountain. 
Go share the story of Jesus. If the shepherds could put down their staffs hurried, you can too. And if this holiday season and everything that you've been going through in COVID, and if you find yourself on the short side of happiness, just remember what, what joy is. What the shepherds really needed was hope. And what they received was hope through, through a gift of God, through Jesus. God sent love down to provide us that hope. So in this Advent season, share that hope. Because remember that a, a Savior was born and love came down.